The following is an exclusive presentation of News Radio KMAN, your home for K State Athletics. It's game time. This is the game on News Radio KMAN. All right, so, uh, you know, listening to Dan Patrick before I came in here, I believe the uh, thought process was the whole thing at Michigan was maybe like somebody trying to come after Jim Harbaugh or something. I That it was basically the, the thought process being that it's kind of an outcropping of the issues that got him the four-game suspension earlier this year gotcha. where it was providing... Uh, incentive, if you will, and granted, the joke was that it was just a hamburger, um, <laughs> and so that the that the NCAA has it in for Harbaugh. That's how Michigan fan would tell it. Well, um, you know, it just came out of what was it an hour ago, maybe? Yeah, just um, not even that. Yeah. The latest news on that, and it's a it, it's a little bit of a different. Uh, we've gone down a different road now. <laughs> Uh, with this sign stealing now investigation because the NCAA is in Ann Arbor, they're at Michigan to investigate right now. But in Troy, you, I'm sure you mo- know more about this because we were talking about it in the uh, in the office. Because now, I mean, this may have started with an FBI investigation into some computers. How about that? No way. Uh, remember back in December of last year when the co-offensive coordinator got himself sideways and uh, was removed from campus. Oh, uh, no. Because essentially there were uh, computer crimes that were being investigated by University of Michigan police. Wow. Yeah, it turns out the uh, the Federal Bureau of Investigation has been helping University of Michigan campus police now for a few months. Oh, my God. Investigating that situation. Jim Harbaugh is like, hey, uh, let's uh, get, get on the horn with those NFL teams uh, that we're calling. Uh <laughs> Anybody? Yeah. Uh, and and McCaskey with the Bears right now is saying, do not take his call. No, doubt. no, do not, do not answer that phone. I've had enough FBI investigations for <laughs> one century. Oh my god! Yeah. So basically, the understanding is while the FBI was investigating these computer crimes, well, they happened to find some film of uh, other teams playing in other at other schools and. Wait, the filming wait, of sidelines. Wait, that that wasn't the all twenty-two. Oh yeah, <laughs> that that is to me the most hilarious excuse that Michigan fan has come up with. Tell me you don't know football, no doubt, or have ever spent any time watching all twenty-two film. Yeah. If you think that the all twenty-two includes the sidelines, yeah, that's crazy. It's crazy talk. That I this whole thing. It has to be hardball for it to spin out this out of this control. You know what I mean? Like it's it, unreal, it isn't has it? To be, man. yeah. You, you, Stanford sitting there right now, going, "Hey, you know what? Things don't look too bad right oh, now, do they?" Oh, oh my god! <laughs> well, and how about the NCAA showing up on campus, taking them less than a week to arrive and start doing their own investigation? You think we're waiting six years to get results on this one? Uh. Uh-uh. Yeah, there's there's a reason that there are rules in place. How about that? No, we can't. Uh, we we're not going to find anybody really uh, at fault for taking a bag from Adidas. But 
stealing signs were going to come after you hard. Oh, yeah, you're going down. Well, as of right now, it's only Michigan. God. Yeah, I know. (laughs) That's been stealing the signs. Wow. And you know what? Valid, but, I mean, it's a one-on-one situation at that point. But, you know, as opposed to the college basketball scandal that swept up everybody, it felt like. That's why I brought it up to D.Y. He's from Ohio. He's an Ohio State fan. I mean, now from a distance, maybe you're enjoying watching Michigan football kind of burn down in a way. Right now it's a complete dumpster fire, even though undefeated team. Turns out, sounds like they've been cheating for a few years. But as an Ohio State fan, I would be a little bit ticked off. For sure. Uh, so would everybody else in the Big Ten. Did you see that um, on-field interview with Greg Schiano? Uh-uh. So he has an interview um, with some gal you know, uh, at halftime, and he's like, well, there's some things going on uh, right now. We're going to have to figure it out. There's some stuff going on outside the uh, off the field that we, we need to take care of during a Michigan game. And everybody's like, what the hell is he talking about? Now we know. Did Harbaugh have a press conference this week at all? Uh, you know, I don't That's know that he did. I mean, I, I think if he would have, there would have been video clips all over social media of sure. him t- being asked about. That, That's the whole press conference. I mean, I, who, who the heck does Michigan have this week? <laughs> good question. That's another good question. They had just had Michigan State. I think it's Purdue. And I don't even know if they play. I don't even know Give if they play moment. this week. But Insert I think it's Purdue. mediocre Big Ten team here, pretty much. Let me because I know the they scores. they act, so they actually have kind of a tough schedule. Yeah, the rest of the way, like you, you don't say. Well, they they're going to finish the regular season. It's Purdue. With, okay, they have Penn State, Maryland, Ohio State. Excuse me, that's next week. Okay, so yeah, they're they, not playing. They don't have a game this week. Oh well, so that, that was their you know even that's better. that's your reason to not have a press conference. Oh, we, we don't play this week, right? You know, as opposed to Lincoln Riley just avoiding the media. Period. Man, that guy. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, nobody's. I, 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 I'm sick. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys, welcome to the game. Mitch Fortner alongside Troy Coverdale, David G. Owen Burke running our board with Travion Berkland, Texan, his, his boys trying to figure out what the bets are for this weekend. Yes. Hour two, we'll have Mitch in Vegas. Oh, guess what? Troy's not going to be here. He's heading to volleyball tonight because BYU is in town. He's going to be doing the PA. He getting nervous for those sold out. Volleyball games. This will be the second one this year. The yeah. Nebraska match was the other one. Fans are kind of on top of you. Mm-hmm. They oh, that is that is a loud. tight that is a tight facility, my brother. What, that me, is a very tight facility. Tell me about the acoustics. Is I you know shame on me. I haven't actually been there for a match me yet. Yeah, is, you know, does it get pretty loud? It does. It does. And I, and the one flaw with the Nebraska match was that it was still in feeling out mode in trying to understand how everything interacts, given that it's the new building. It was opening weekend, so you really, you'd only had the match on Friday night against uh, against Omaha to have trial and error before you welcome in the top-ranked team in the nation, or one of the top-ranked teams in the nation. And so uh, it, it's been a learning process in terms of the acoustics. I do enjoy, however, the fact that uh, there is decidedly, decidedly better acoustics than what Bramlage is for volleyball mm-hmm. because of of how empty Bramlage was for volleyball matches. There's just so much echo. Uh, the The way that the facility is designed is is tremendous. And honestly, there are a few mid-major basketball teams that would love to have a facility that is that good. Uh, given the size and how it fits and and how everything plays, 
About the only flaw I have is you are so tight that the referee at on the floor at the middle of the court, we have to do a little dance to try and see around him to get yep. an idea who's serving at the other end of the floor. Man, that is me with officials bringing in fouls. Yes. Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like trying to get a good angle. It's like, all right, what's <laughs> the uh, – or head coaches will get in my way. Yes. Oh, I had that so bad when when I was sitting next to the bench, and, and Wyatt can speak on that uh, because, uh, you know, I, I, it's got to be real interesting with this staff and how many bodies go up and down on that bench. When it, when it comes to basketball coaches not getting in your way as a PA announcer, nobody was better than Kim Mulkey, who's now at LSU, but she was for years at yes, Baylor. Yes, It's because she's always in a crouch. Right, exactly. <laughs> she's, always, she's a small thing. lady, yeah. but she's also just crouching the whole time. Yeah, yeah. I'm no, like, that is so you. convenient. Thank you. We, we used to joke when I was in school because you had Angela Beck at Nebraska. And she always wore the stilettos. And we used to joke that she left pockmarks on every floor <laughs> that she was on because of her stomping. Dang. And 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 you couldn't miss her. And I could only imagine the amount of trying to jockey around and see around her that anybody had to do on that sideline. What about Bobby Huggins? Like he was always he had that seat, that like uh, bar stool. No, nah. he wouldn't get in the way. He didn't. He didn't. Uh, Travel too far down the court. Right. He, he kind of stayed back and <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. coached from his stool. Right. Uh, boy, Porter Mosier got upset with me last year um, because there, there was a misunderstanding on a foul, and I announced that um, it was a particular player. Porter Mosier, the head coach at Oklahoma. And in the book, in the scores book, and on the scoreboard, they put the wrong player. So there was just this – Big miscommunication, and Porter and I just had a bro moment at media day prior to that. We were cool. He's like, did he say the wrong name? Did you say the wrong name? I was like, what? I didn't do anything. I was like, you, they got it wrong. It wasn't me. He's yeah. like blaming the wrong people. And I was, he was so hot. But it, oh, that was also like, I think it was right after Desi with the behind the back Ooh. to Keontae. And then the other time down the floor, it's um, Marquise, I think, between the legs to David Gasson for the yeah. dunk. Yeah. Something like that. Like, it was just a crazy. And then Sills, by the way, is just taunting the bench as he goes back <laughs> down the floor. Um, God, I, I'm going to miss Desi yeah, Sills. Me too. That kid's energy. Yeah. Yep. Man. Yep. That uh, the, the in that game they were kind of styling on them for like the most of the ball game, you know, like that. Oh, it stinks coming all the way up here. Okay, we got completely sidetracked. Yeah, what the um, heck? Okay, so trap game. Uh oh. You know, this is a storyline we haven't actually talked about yet when it comes to the Houston game. Is K State versus Houston? By the way, uh, standing room only tickets available. Uh, getting near a sellout. And by the golf clap for KU. Golf clap yeah, for KU. Yeah. Oh, did they finally uh, sell they it so, out? They sold out the booth for Oklahoma. Shout out to the Sooners fans that uh, probably I, did it. Yeah, I was going to say. Um, credit where credit is due. Deej, we we're talking cool. off air a little bit about this. To you, this is textbook trap game. This is exactly what they 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 write up in the old Webster's dictionary. It's a conference opponent who's not very good. It's the week before a big game for you. Uh-huh. And it might be a trap game. Another reason it's a trap game, coming off the heels of a big-time shellacking of somebody else. You're riding high. You're looking. That schedule, it's easy to go 
you know, to the one to the right after Houston. Go, yeah, 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 Houston, we got them. Texas coming up, we're going to kill them boys, you know. Ooh, thinking about Texas, thinking about Texas. And then all of a sudden, these guys come up a long flight up from Houston. They come here early morning, and they come and they beat you. That's what happens. It happens all the time. These teams, for whatever reason, find a wild hair and, and, and end up taking you down. And let's keep in mind, they've got some momentum behind them because of how they played once they got behind mm-hmm. against Texas last week. 21-7, come back, get the game tied, and it was touch and go the rest of the way. Yeah. And because of that, they've got some added juice because now they recognize that uh, they lost an opportunity. Here's one that they can get. Yeah, and they like. I think they know now that taste. It feels good to play spoiler to these these mm-hmm. teams that are going bowling. They got big aspirations to come up here and get a win in Manhattan against the better team. They're licking their chops. They're ready for this. See, and I hear that. Yes, it is to me a textbook. Like, all right, it's in a part of the schedule. You have Texas coming up next week. Do you overlook Houston? And look at Texas. Are you zoned in? Those are all, of course, trap game factors. Do I think that'll be cased in on Saturday? I don't. Houston is coming off two actually extremely emotional games. Mm -hmm. Because the West Virginia game was crazy back and forth. West Virginia should have won, and then Houston wins on a Hail Mary. That's thanks to a Garrett Green unsportsmanlike that backed up uh, the, the kickoff. And that put... Houston in a good spot to maybe pick up a big chunk play and set up the Hail Mary, and they got it. I mean, it was desperation, Hail Mary, let's see what happens, and they got it done. They make a comeback against Houston after they're, or against Texas after they're down 21 nothing. They do it all with their bread and butter. That's the pass game. They play the best defense for that a sequence of five of six drives. They stop Texas from scoring points, probably their best defense of the year. And they come short thanks to a third and one that was counted as a fourth and one, or you know marked as a fourth and one after it, they didn't get the first down. Although upon review, it should have been a first down. They didn't get it. Right. And then they don't get the fourth down, and they lose the game. Two emotional games that I think after the Texas game, they might be a little bit spent. Hmm. Are their feelings a little bit hurt, or are they fired up? The thing is, K-State is playing extremely well right now. As a matter of fact, last six quarters are absolutely dominating. And they absolutely dominated TCU. The quarterback situation is one part of the story. You know, a lot of people think right now or very, very, very soon, lock in on one guy and move forward. But I'm like, how do you move forward without playing Avery or Will? You know, it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, the two quarterback system actually in a way is probably the way to go the rest of the year, even though you might just give more possessions to Will or whatever. You know, it's week by week. That's what Colin Klein said. It's most likely just going to be week by week. It just depends what the week gives us, and we're going to plan accordingly, or we're going to adjust accordingly depending on the game. I understand that. The thing is, it's not your typical two-quarterback situation right now because they're both really good. Mm -hmm. It's not two guys that can't win the starting job. It's two guys that are good enough for the starting job. Um, but K-State is a very mature team, a mature team that has very good leaders, Will Howard being one of them. I think K-State will be absolutely focused. Houston's defense is not very good. Statistically, they're not very good. Did they play well for a while against Texas? Absolutely. K-State has been red hot at home scoring points. They've scored in the 40s in every single game. 
it will be raining maybe. Second half is right now the forecast. Yes. Rain showing up. It's supposed to be a little bit cold. K-State will throw it around, I would imagine, in the first half. When I say throw it around, they'll probably pass more in the first than they will the second half, depending on the weather. But for the third game in a row, I think they'll crush Houston with the ground game. Thanks to the two quarterbacks. Thanks to it opening up for Treshawn Ward and DJ Giddens. By the way, how about Jace Brown having another big game? Mm-hmm. Let's have him have another big game. And by the way, the defense has given up 10 points in the last six quarters. They crushed TCU Spirits. Are they looking ahead? Maybe. Because that that is a very winnable game now because Quinn Ewers isn't going to play. Malik Murphy, who's a redshirt freshman who's thrown like eight passes in his career, or you never know, Arch Manning, who's going to be ready to go if it doesn't work out with Murphy against BYU for Texas on, on Saturday, is potentially going to play. <laughs> so does the football gods give us the true freshman quarterback matchup we've been asking for since the spring? Maybe. Maybe. You know, Six-day awesome. selection, you That'd know? Awesome. Maybe they're kind of banking on that, you know? Let's go. That would be pretty <laughs> crazy. Um, but do also, a hangover game, it can also mean – Cats just don't play well. They win, but they just don't play at the uh, capability they are. I'm cool with a hangover game. I'm fine with that because you got bigger fish to fry. But I'm just nervous that these guys, these Houston guys, have found a rhythm. You know, they hung with Texas. Texas is a good school. And part of my trepidation comes from the fact that there have been two hiccups on our on our schedule. And we kind of downplayed who the opponents were, Mizzou and Oklahoma State. And granted, they've turned out to be better than – and maybe we're at that point of the season where we've got a better idea just because of where the team's set established-wise in week eight versus week three and week six. That Oklahoma State one, that man, that – Oh, still rankles me. man. Well, I mean, it's yeah, it's, it's going to be the what f of the year, and and yet they're still in the mix for the conference title. Yeah. So you with K State tied. Yeah, exactly. So you can't take it too hard in the in the aspect of you know that they were that they're beneath us in no. terms of no. the team that they are. You know, they've at least been able to hold their own in that aspect. And yeah, you can look at it as a good loss now as opposed to what it felt like at the time. But if you're Houston, how inspired are you right now? You took Texas down to the wire. You didn't get it done. You win on a Hail Mary against West Virginia. I mean, without that Hail Mary, you're 0-4 in conference play. They're probably coming off their best game, even though they lost it. So is there hangover? You know, there's more. there will be more hangover for Houston than there is K-State. Sure. And, I, you know, K-State has already lost some heartbreaking matchups. Once you've gone through that, it changes you a little bit. This isn't like in 2019 when K-State played – um, you know, there's only been one game I felt like that you would call a trap game that the climate era has lost, and that was West Virginia in 2019, where K State had won three straight, but then lost to Texas on the last second field goal. Meanwhile, West Virginia had been bad, mm. three and six. Uh, I, I Jared Dagey was like one of the worst, I mean, a decent quarterback, but was not c- considered a guy that's going to lead this offense, that West Virginia offense into Manhattan and win the game. They won the game by outscoring K State ten nothing in the fourth quarter. And stunned K-State. That was an upset mm-hmm. that day. Maybe they are looking at what was coming ahead, which was a road trip to Texas Tech, and what would be a top 25 match against Iowa State. Mm. 
I don't think K-State will be looking ahead to Texas a little bit too much. They'll be focused on Houston. This is a mature team with great leadership. Expect a very good performance, in my opinion, from K-State. We take a break, and when we come back, we're going to actually have to switch some things around, so heads up, Owen. When we come back, former K-State wide receiver Curry Sexton will join us coming up next on The Game. We're back. Mitch Fortner, Trey Coverdale, David G, Owen Burke, Travion Berklin, a whole bunch of folks in here. Let's get to Curry Sexton, former K-State wide receiver, now joins us here on the game. Curry, Will Howard, Avery Johnson, alternating possessions just going back and forth. And even though that was uh, the way maybe the coaches thought, you know, on a hunch, that's what they should do during the game. Is that how you thought it would be drawn up? No, it, it it certainly wasn't. Uh, you know, I I obviously it worked out. Um, you know, th- there was the, the game plan or the alternating possessions plan. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Uh, worked out in the end uh, because we we seem to have a, just have our way with TCU. But I think in most cases that that back and forth isn't going to work like that. Um, and I and I think you know the, the the problem you run into is if you are doing that back and forth and. and having a hard time against a, a defense whether it's Houston Texas or somebody else you're going to have a it's going to take you a lot longer into the game to find the guy who's got the hot hand so to speak and so then by the time you're in the second quarter or even into the third quarter and figure out who you're going to go forward with for the rest of the game because his skill set is working you probably have some catching up to do and so I worry in games that, that they go differently than how they went last Saturday the back and forth is going to cause us problems. Did Will look better to you last week against TCU, not just throwing but running the football? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, and I think, uh, you know, Will has been, I mean, he's shown us over the years that he's a pretty effective runner. I mean, I think he's probably lost speed over the years as he's put on some weight, but he's always had a tendency to break big runs. And, you know, he's obviously a big athletic guy. Um, and so he's, I, I think, you know, not unlike Colin Klein, I think he's probably got a body that's made to take a little bit of a beating. Obviously he got banged up early in the year against Missouri and it's probably taken him some time to bounce back from that. But I do, I, he did look pretty good running the football on Saturday. And I think maybe they've decided after going into the season thinking they weren't going to run Will so much, they've decided, you know, for him to be the quarterback they want him to be, he, he's going to have to utilize his speed. So uh, back to the quarterbacks, are just you know both Will and Avery. So you, you you feel like K State needs to get to that primary quarterback, and you can't keep alternating guys. Are you still in favor of Avery getting a start and giving that chance to be a primary, or should that still go to Will and then mix in Avery in a uh, you know a, a, a particular package? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm still I'm still in favor of Avery, and, and it's no disrespect to Will. I I just I think that Avery's skill set 
is best suited for the offensive personnel that we have. Um, you know, you've seen it throughout the season. The, the, the position group on offense that probably has had the most struggles is our receiver group. Um, and, and Avery Johnson can take the pressure off those guys because he's going to, you know, when he's in the game, defenses are going to have to put a lot of emphasis on stopping him and stopping Trayshawn and DJ. And with that, you're going to get more loaded boxes and you're going to get more soft coverages and more opportunities for guys to get open in the short and intermediate game. Um, and also through things like RPOs. And, and I also think, you know, and we've seen this even with Will lately, I think our, this offensive line seems to be better suited for more of a zone-style, zone-scheme running game than they do a power run game. Um, and, and with kind of this transition from that power downhill running game into more of a zone, uh, zone run game, we've had a lot more success over the last few weeks. Um, and so I think with all of that in mind, I, I do think that, that Avery's skill set puts us in the best position to win. And, I've, you know, I, I went through it in 2013. I've always been of the impression that if you have two quarterbacks, you have none. Or if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have one. And I know people will point to last week's game and say, well, that's not true. Two alternating guys on. And, you know, but, but I think with a larger sample size, you'll see that that back and forth, that that two-quarterback two approach, rarely ever works and in fact probably causes more harm than Jace Brown, another true freshman, had himself uh, you know a big breakout game, and Avery threw some dimes to him in the first half. He had four catches for eighty eight yards and a touchdown. With Jace Brown now being into the lineup, he's now a first string wide receiver. What can this do for the group of wide receivers? You know, we've we've talked about this throughout the year. One thing that, you know, we have a group of, of pretty solid receivers, but none of them have game-breaking speed. They're all possession-type guys, you know, whether it's Jaden Jackson, Bill Brooks, R.J. Garcia. They're all they're all possession guys, nobody to stretch the field. And we thought that, you know, we kept hoping, I think, that Keegan Johnson would be that guy who would come in and put the pressure on the back end of defenses, and that's just not been the case. And now we're starting to see Jace Brown flash a little bit here the past few weeks, and he's obviously got a different, you know, speed element than some of those other guys. And so I think, you know, he's that guy who can make it, you know, make life easier for those other receivers and for Ben Sennett because he can put pressure on the defense. And and we saw that a lot, you know, last Saturday with his first, with his first real substantial playing time. And so I think he'll, he'll continue to be a focal point of that passing game. And, and he's only going to get better and better. But, man, he showed some really impressive traits for a young guy last Saturday. Do you see this game against Houston? I mean, if you look at the uh, – as my co-host David G over here said, this is maybe a Webster dictionary of what would you would call a trap game based on what both teams are coming off of. But do you look at Houston as a trap game? You know, trap trap game is such a commonly used – you know, trap game is just such a commonly used phrase that I don't I, – I honestly don't know what is and isn't a trap game anymore. Um, you know, in a traditional sense, it, it, it may apply, but nowadays everybody calls any game before a big game a trap game. Um, and, and so I guess, yeah, you could technically look at it as a trap game, but I'll say this. I think we've seen it with Coach Kleiman and, and, and obviously with Coach Snyder before him, but, you know, K-State has a culture that doesn't – it doesn't tend to overlook anybody. You know, you might say we overlooked Oklahoma State early in the earlier in the year, but it's turning out that that's a pretty darn good football team. Um, and so, I, you know, I, I don't I don't think that this is a true trap game because you know 
Houston gave Texas everything they could handle last week, and they had an opportunity to go down and win the ball game late. And so Coach Kleiman and his staff, they're going to have these guys ready to play. It's homecoming weekend. Um, you know, the weather's going to favor K-State. It's going to be cold, potentially wet. Um, and so I don't, I don't look at this as being a trap game. I think our guys are going to come out ready to play after, after two back-to-back dominating performances. All right, Kerr, I know your uh, timing is, or your schedule right now is tight, so I just want to finish with this. I saw this tweet earlier today from Manhattan Brewing Company, and they said that Wildcat NIL reached out to them about doing a, a K-State beer, and it's an easy-drinking ale called Wabash, 16-ounce 16, 16 beers with 4.2% ABV. So was this your idea to start a, a K-State beer? Yeah, so we, you know... I- NIL beers became a thing uh, toward the toward the back half of this summer. Um, you know, they got a lot of good publicity, raised some good NIL money at places like Iowa State and West Virginia and other schools. And so I had reached out. I had actually reached out to Jake Bogolai, who played football at K-State back in the, in the Clint's era. I had reached out to him a year ago about doing a, a beer for maybe some of the offensive line. Jake was an O-lineman, and so I thought, you know, maybe he'd want to support the O-line, but he did that that got shut down because, you know, athletes can't support, can't engage with, you know, with alcohol companies. So then when, when we started to see these NIL beers popping up, I reached back out to Jake and said, would you be interested in doing this? And he said, yeah, absolutely. And so he and I had, you know, we had a, a meeting and, and several phone calls, emails, texts, et cetera, and just, you know, we've been bouncing ideas and, and brainstorming together for the last couple of months. And, um, and then obviously, you know, we have to, there's, we have to be careful with some of the trademark stuff that would, that would otherwise or could otherwise be a play here. Uh, but finally, you're at a stage now where the beer's in production. We've got a label that we think is, is approved, and, and we can start really hitting the ground running here. And so really excited about this. The guys at Manhattan Brewing Company do a heck of a job, and they're, and they're big, big supporters of the community and K-State athletics. And so think that this can be just another way for us to generate some more income, more passive income that, can, that we can ultimately pass down to the K-State student-athletes. Well, I love beer. I love supporting the Cats, and I, I can't wait to try this new Wabash beer. Curry, I know you're busy, so I'll let you go. Thank you for squeezing us in, and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Mitch. Talk That's, to you soon. Talk to you soon. All right, that's former K-State wide receiver Curry Sexton here on the game. We'll take a break, and when we come back, we're going to blindly rank five with DG. That's coming up next on the game. Somebody on the board must be an AEW fan. This is the World Champs music. MJF, and by the way, there was a poke at Phillies fans last night with the show in Philly. I can't believe they stumbled over it, though, before yeah, it was, spitting it, it out. Was, you know, Christian, who was Christian in WWE, he's now yeah. like Christian Cage, and he held up his title belt and said... Something you Phillies uh, came up a bit short with, you know. And, you know that, 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 even that. He stumbled over his words a little bit, but it still got the heat. Yeah. And it's yeah, easy yeah. heat. Easy, easy heat. I mean, he just stumbled because, uh, you know, couldn't read the teleprompter. I mean, <laughs> come on. Hey, Owen, are there any teleprompters in wrestling? That there is not, my friend. Yep. Uh huh. So shove it up your butt, <laughs> Troy. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So I, mean, I was just reading the teleprompter. Oh, I was pardon, just pardon, pardon that. The <laughs> cue card, okay? <laughs> All right, welcome back to the game. Mitch Fortner, Troy Coverdale, David G., and Owen Burke with Travion Berkland. Uh, all right. Weekly, blindly ranked five. Uh, try to relate it to the opponent. We're going to do like what we did with UCF. You remember that one? I do. 
famous alumni. It's kind of like the Mitch Palm take on it. You know, when you play the old non-con games, you got to dig through the uh, famous alumni to see how legit this university is. Am sure. I right? Sure. I, you know, I would say Houston may be a little bit more legit with the famous alumni than UCF. Uh, I had to really dig deep for some interesting folks for UCF. I barely had... Uh, enough for three for Powercat game day for our start bench cut. Uh, that's actually not the direction I'll be going on on game day for start bench cut with famous alumni, but that'll be your category. So, Deej, how blindly ranked five works? I'm going to give you five in this um, in this in this week's game. Five people. You'll rank them one at a time. You don't know what's coming next. Yeah. So you're ranking based on what you anticipate will be next, but I highly doubt you've studied your Houston famous alumni. No, I thought it was a commuter school for a very long time. <laughs> so, you know, I thought when I found out they had a campus, I was like, oh, my God, really? It actually was run by the school district for a long time. Wow. Really? Wow. Yes. Gross. <laughs> I bet those school lunches suck. <laughs> this student union is terrible. All right. Blindly rank five Houston famous alumni deeds. Your first one, Clyde Drexler. See, I knew. Okay. <laughs> Somebody had to be there from. F- For sure. Five Slamajama. Five, sl- five Slamajama, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, so, quick side note it was r- hilarious when uh, Hakeem Olajuwon played there and they just put Hakeem on the back of his jersey. Yeah. <laughs> we can't fit this whole thing. Um, he's uh, two. Clyde Drexler. Clyde the Glide. Yeah. Drexler going number two. Um, you know, even though he's a little older than him, always overshadowed by Michael Jordan. And Clyde Drexler was a great basketball player. Uh, the irony of that was remembering that Jordan was the third pick. In that, job. everybody makes a big deal of him not being the number one pick, and remembers that Sam Bowie, Sam Bowie went number one. Clyde was the number two pick. Wow! Portland could have had Michael Jordan. Wow! Well, Clyde Drexler is still considered like top fifty. Oh, he's NBA oh, yes. all time, oh, along yes. with the Kimolaja one. Absolutely, just could never get out of that shadow ever. Uh, he wasn't he on the dream team? Oh yeah. yes, Drexler. Ooh, okay. Yeah. All right. Do you know who Drexler is? Hundred percent. Yeah. How old are you? Twenty five. Twenty five. Yeah. But he's an NBA guy. He's a big NBA guy. Who's your team? I'm a New York Knicks fan. I'm sorry. Knicks. I appreciate your apology. <laughs> I've been in the Knicks locker room, thanks to uh, the Cats uh-huh, run to the Elite uh-huh, Eight. Uh-huh. Right on. Uh, all right. Your second famous alumni from Houston will be Jim Nance. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, wow. Sports broadcaster. Hello, friends. Golfer extraordinaire. Played golf at Houston. Yes. Damn. <sighs> okay, man, listen. Okay. I got to hear the rest of them. I'm going to go three. That's the point of the game. Jim Nance is three, man. But he's cool. Drexler, two. Jim Nance, three. You got one, four, and five left. Your next Houston famous alumni, Randy Quaid. No way. The actor Randy Quaid. He's best known for being Cousin Eddie in the vacation movies. He was Russell Case in Independence Day. Number one. That's easy, man. Take it. I mean, unless do they really want to admit that he went to that school? <laughs> he kind of, yeah, he kind of got weird there. Was well, bro Dennis also went to Houston? Mm-hmm. Is Dennis going to be the next one? <laughs> I would say probably not. Cap at this Rooney? Point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. 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 There's no Dennis Quaid. I'll okay. give you that. 
Who? I had to go with just one Quaid. Yeah, just yeah. one Quaid. And you picked the the best one. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> like crazy. He's off his rocker now. Yeah, I, he's nuts. far. I've heard. Yeah. Uh, next in Houston, famous alumni, and again you have Randy Quaid one. You got four <laughs> and five left. Randy Quaid one, Clyde Drexler two, Jim Nance three. Interesting. Number Obvious. four is Chamillionaire. <laughs> Chamillionaire. Is a Chamillionaire. Oh, he oh, went number change and click. He, he went number one in 2005 with Riding Dirty. Yeah. Chamillionaire. Why did I say Chamillionaire? Chamillionaire. Dude, Chamillionaire and Paul Wall used to, I mean, screwed up click. It was awesome. And then they like got broke up. You know, they start fighting. And then Chamillionaire was like, whatever. Dude, big swangers, big swangers. Anyway, uh, he's four, but I wish I could put him at two because that's my dude. Chamillionaire is awesome. I couldn't, na- I couldn't name you another song other than Riding Dirty. Listen, I know, did, I know Paul Wall. They did, they did the like the screwed up click guys just took every beat that ever came out and they rapped over it and then they screwed it up and chopped it up. And so there is mixtape after mixtape after mixtape after mixtape of those guys. By the way, um, another rapper that went to Houston, I don't know if he graduated, but went to Houston, Master P. Really? Yeah. Wow, the New Orleans guy going to the Houston University. Do you ever hear about the time Suge Knight tried to shake him down? No. Yeah, he was like, hey, man, I heard you moved to L.A. He's like, there's only room for one of us. Oh, and boy. Master P said, so when you moving? <laughs> to Suge Knight. Yeah, to Suge Knight. He goes, I grew up in the Calio projects. You think I, you think you're gonna press me? Dude, Master P is cool. All right, you're final, and again, you just have five left. Yeah. I think you're gonna be okay with this. Oh boy. Because your last Houston famous alumni is Kenneth Lay. Anybody? <laughs> is he a, a politician? He was the founder, chief executive oh, of, officer, and chairman of Enron. Enron. Oh. He was heavily involved in the accounting scandal that unraveled in 2001 into the largest bankruptcy ever to that date. Damn. He was indicted oh, by a grand jury and was found guilty of 10 counts of security fraud at trial. Dude, for sure number five, man. Get out of here, rich guy. Oh, man. My. I, dude, I really wish I could switch up. Sorry, Chamillionaire. You're, you're my dude. That has an asterisk next to it, just like Barry Bonds, man. Kenneth Lay. Oh, my. Nice dig. I'm glad Troy recognized nice, the name. Nice dig. I figured up. you that's, would. That's tremendous. That's blindly ranked five, and when we come back, we'll end the hour. We're going to hear from Colin Klein. Got a lot of questions about the quarterbacks. We'll hear a few of those when we come back. What? All right, we're back. Mitch, Troy, Deej, Owen, Trey. Owen has the second shortest hair, and his hair is pretty short. Thanks. Who's this? It's Brock Lesnar. Brock Brock Lesnar. All right, we're short on time, so we can only get to one coordinator. Let's go with the guy that is the mentor of the QBs, Colin Klein. Shout out to Kellis for the softball to open. All right, Colin, so I got to know, how much were you laughing when you thought up the play to hand it off to Avery on the first down? (laughs) You know, it was was, – We've kind of had some stuff like that in and, and around for, for a minute. And, you know, as we were kind of – Coach and I were working through it, it was one of the things that uh, came up and, and ended up running with it. The guys executed it well all week. And 
so decided to go with it. So, how confident are you that you'll have Ben Simmons this week? Uh, I, I do think he'll play. Um, you know, he's <laughs> uh, he's been uh, again working hard to get himself back and, and has made good progress, but uh, still a little bit day to day. Splitting quarterbacks the way you did last week is that something that you could theoretically do the whole rest of the season? Yeah. <laughs> You know what? I don't know. The thing about it is, and, and kind of like I told you guys last week, I, I don't know exactly how the picture is going to look as, as we paint it. You know, I think it'll be something that uh, may change week to week. But the, the thing that will make uh, our offense successful and, and make it work is, is how both of those guys have attacked it and how they're helping one another. When they get their chances, they're competing their butts off. And uh, ultimately just trying to get our team and our offense in the best position on you know on each drive each series and any situation and if it's a true series by series thing or if it's a kind of an in and out situationally schematically type thing you know it'll probably be game by game and, and feeling it out and, and how both those guys are doing so proud of them both because it's uh, uh, they've handled it extremely well good in any way that Avery you know didn't have every single run go perfectly this this last week maybe could learn something from from his experience no I I, th I thought it was really good you know and again I didn't necessarily plan it that way but uh, he got a lot of good experiences some game uh, game management uh, opportunities and, and lessons uh, a little bit of a two-minute drive before the half got to kind of experience and, and manage uh, some of those dynamics and thought processes having a lead two minutes left Trying to get points, uh, type of a deal. So I think uh, there was a lot of good, a lot of good opportunities for him that that I think he um, capitalized on and and will definitely uh, carry forward in the future. So uh, yeah, he he did kind of he chuckle when that uh, uh, big cat landed on him or whatever. He's like, yeah, it might have been the hardest I've been hit in my life. I was like, yeah, there's some big cats out there. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it was like uh, Brock, Brock Lesnar was throwing around Rey Mysterio there for a second. <laughs> the guy's so skinny. Uh, but uh, Colin did a good job of uh, saying uh, quite a few words without saying a whole lot other than, you know, game plan, maybe game to game, just feel it out. I don't know if that's necessarily going to be it the rest of the way. But uh, you know what? Keep the opponents guessing. Yeah, right. for sure. Why not? I like it. All right. When we come back, hour number two going to feature Houston preview with Joseph Duarte from the Houston Chronicle. Mitch in Vegas, number one song, Ask Us Anything, is all coming up. Troy's leaving us to go to Morgan Family Arena for K-State Volleyball at 630 against BYU. Coming up next, your local news.